Welcome to Behind the Sale. I'm your host, Princess B. On this show, we talk about sales and leadership in the high-ticket space. My goal is to help you level up your skills as a leader so you can close more deals and transform more lives. Today, I have Nick Schroeder on the show. He's one of the head coaches at The Objection Box, the most transformative sales coaching program in the high-ticket space. He's going to share the keys to becoming a confident leader and how to maintain that frame throughout your sales calls. If you want to learn how to go from being mediocre to being elite, then stay tuned. Nick is one of my amazing sales coaches at the Objection Box, and he was the catalyst behind my do or die challenge. When I first started training at the Objection Box last year, I, like most of us, had no idea how to challenge people, not in objection handling only, but like across the board. Um, And as we know, an important element of leadership on sales calls is holding frame. So, you know, Nick taught me how to actually challenge people from the very beginning of my calls so that way I can actually help people. So I am so excited to have him here because this skill, more than anything else, has completely transformed my leadership. So thank you so much, Nick, for being on the show. Uh, for those who don't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Nick Schroeder. Um, I'm a high ticket sales guy and sales coach. And I just, uh, I get on with stuff. I do some consulting for some businesses as well um, in terms of their sales structure process and, and all that kind of stuff, just to get them more revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I want to dive into things and really give the audience as much value as possible. So one burning question that I've always had was how the heck do you approach challenging people without creating resistance or defensiveness? Mm. Well, it's just about, I think a huge component of being able to challenge people is actually being able to have a bit of empathy in terms of their situation because when people need challenging, the reason generally is, is because they're not actually telling themselves the truth. So the reason why they're not telling themselves the truth is because the truth actually hurts their ego. So when it comes to actually being able to challenge someone, you have to be able to put yourself in their shoes and realize why they're saying it. Because if you can do it that way, when you actually articulate it to somebody, you don't come across as a wanker who's trying to piss them off and be mean. You come across as somebody who totally understands their situation, but is trying to help them look at it from a perspective that's more likely going to serve them to get to the goal that they want. So I think a large part of it really is is empathizing with people. Mm -hmm. Um, The other side of it as well is um, just having having the kind of mind frame where, like, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had, you know, yes men friends, you ever had those? Yeah. Yeah. They just say, yeah, man, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, that's a great idea all the time. And when you have people like that around you, you always end up doing stupid shit or stuff that doesn't help you, right? And they're just saying, no, it's okay. You'll be fine. Everything will turn out okay. But the reality is, is them, them people just are not, not your friends. You know, they're just in it for a ride or 
they're in it just for the fun times or whatever. So I see it as to have a, a real friend, to be a real friend, is to sell, tell somebody the truth, even if it's uncomfortable for both of you. So I feel like it's just about being a real human being and a real friend to these people, one that they generally wouldn't have in their life. Um, and that way, when you actually say the stuff you need to say, you don't feel guilty, you don't feel uncomfortable because you know you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it for the sale, you're doing it to help them realize that, dude, you are fucking up your life right now. Compared to where you wanna be, you are not where you wanna be. Yeah. And the reason behind that is just the way that you're thinking and looking at things. I'm not here to be your friend who tells you, yeah, everything's fine, you'll be fine. you get there eventually. I'm here to help you get there now. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of frame that you carry and that internal belief system that you have. I think that changes everything without really pissing off a prospect. Absolutely. Yeah. A quick reframe that I have for myself with that is I'll say, I'll, I'll think to myself, well, if this was your friend, would you let them get in the car and drive drunk? No. So tell them what they need, you know, to hear. Mm. It's that simple. Yep. Very good. Yeah. That's it. I noticed that you're able to be this same version of yourself with everyone, regardless of the kind of energy that they bring. That's challenging uh, for a lot of people, including myself. How, how are you able to be that same version? Like, even if the person comes on, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's uh, aggressive energies or, you know, more timid energies. So, Sure. Well, look, I mean, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, when people come on with aggressive energies, I internally get triggered, right? Like most people do. The thing is, is you need to identify and understand where your triggers kind of come from. So a lot of people, when let's look at, uh, let's look at other people and then I'll, I'll tell you about me as well. So when other people have, you know, those A, A personality types that come on the calls, they're very commanding, demanding, in control and command, right? When they jump on calls and they tell people what to do and they don't give straight answers and they're difficult, it usually triggers people because it's reminding them of maybe the way that their parents used to speak to them in their childhood. And that trigger internally makes an emotional reaction. And that emotional reaction changes the way that their thoughts are coming out or the words are coming out, even the way they're thinking, the way they're looking at this person, right? They're putting them on a higher pedestal rather than just remembering it's just a human being who shits and bleeds and cries and everything else, just like all of us. So it's about having emotional control, ultimately, of yourself. Because when, for example, aggressive people come on, internally, because I used to be a cage fighter and everything else, right? So internally, I'm like, whoa, in my head. And then I'm like, well, hold on a minute, who's that helping? It's not helping them, it's not helping me. So let's just turn it back and take a breath. And then take a breath and then you just neutralize the situation because you're not emotionally engaging in their emotion. And the only way that their aggression or their domination can actually work is if you allow it to and you reciprocate it either with the same energy or the opposite energy. So the only way to really control the frame in the conversation is to have your own energy and allow them to slowly but surely fall into it because you're so confident in who you are as a human and the thing that you're doing and your sales process and the things you say that they have no, no reason but to not just have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, like having, I think we, when people get into sales, we underestimate how important having confidence in ourselves is to the process. 
we think it's like okay just memorize the script and learn you know how to handle a few objections and you can you know make thousands of dollars so for people who have like no self-confidence i mean what i don't know what advice do you have to help them to take the first steps to become the person they need to be to really help people you have to just you have to be you have to give yourself a word and then fucking do the thing like consistently all the time what i mean by that is a lot of people make promises to themselves and they don't keep them and if you can't keep a promise to yourself which means you don't respect yourself how the fuck is anyone else going to respect you and if yeah. someone doesn't respect you then your confidence won't won't get any higher you know mm. if you don't respect yourself your confidence won't become any higher so you need to find it internally first. You need to internally respect yourself enough to have the, to do the stuff you say you want to do. And over a period of time, that will build confidence. And once you have confidence, then you, you can actually exude that in, out into other people. And I think the important thing about confidence in sales, it's not just necessarily about how you communicate, but also the fact that if you have that confidence in you, you can affect and create confidence in somebody else. You can incite that emotion, that feeling um, in a prospect. Mm. And if they have more confidence in themselves, for example, they're less likely to be fearful of the next step. If they have more confidence in you, they're less likely to be fearful of you scamming them. Mm -hmm. So confidence is something that if you do not have it, you need to work on it. Because if you can cultivate that, you can really start to you know, make some big waves. Now, I did um, a lot of brain training stuff as well when I was a little bit younger. I say that, it was only like four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but it does feel like a completely different life uh, for many reasons. Um, yeah. And one of the things that they talk about is you can, you can get kind of instant confidence. If you're not somebody who's very confident, you can kind of sit there on the sofa, shut your eyes, right, for example, take some breaths, and then imagine a more confident self version of you, like in front of you. And how are they standing? How are they talking? How are they presenting? How are they, um, you know, walking? How do they sound? All that kind of stuff. And then just put yourself into that person's body and then actually replicate that uh, physiological position that they have mm. while you're sitting on the sofa. So sit up a bit straighter and then do it again. So imagine another person even more confident in front of you. Just keep doing that over and over. Do it three or four times until you feel really, really confident. And then get on the phone and actually go for it, you know, try and see if that actually helps. That's okay. a way to kind of maybe spark it up if you don't have it, if you're not willing to put in the other work, which is going to be a more sustainable version. Yeah. Okay. So you recommend visualizing that, that version of yourself that you want to be on the call, like before jumping on a sales call, pretend you're sitting across from that person, that version of you. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I do. I used to do it all the time when I first got into high ticket sales. And when I used to do one-to-many sales, so sell into like crowds of people, mm -hmm. um, I would always do that. I'd visualize how it goes. I'd literally visualize every single thing that I'm going to say, mm -hmm. how it lands, how the audience reacts, how I react, how I'm going to move my hands so that I had confidence. Like it wasn't the first time I've done this. I've done this a million fucking times, you know? Yeah. And that, that gives you confidence because the reason, like, let me ask you, how, how are you confident in anything? What are you confident in? Um, uh, gosh, on the spot, I can't think of laces. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm decently confident in like boxing. So okay. that's something. Yeah. Well, how did you, when the first time you went boxing, were you confident? 
No. <laughs> shit in your pants, weren't you? Yeah. But you got more and more confident. How did that happen? Uh, lots of practice, lots of training. Correct. You know? So it's just about doing the thing over and over again, and that builds confidence. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have, let's say you're newer in the space and you don't have opportunity to practice and practice and practice to get confidence, then you can at least visualize, you know? Mm -hmm. There was actually a study done. Um, I think it was in the US somewhere. I can't remember all of the all of the intricacies into it. But there was a study done on basketball players and they had like three groups and they wanted to see which group would actually, you know, score better if, if they practice, right? So one was a group that didn't, didn't practice and didn't visualize anything, okay? So they were just like sitting on their asses, right, for a month. The other group was a group that visualized them actually shooting the ball and watching it go through the hoop, but only in their mind. The third group was a physical group that actually were shooting the ball into the hoop. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that, who do you think out of those three groups had the most improvement? The ones who actually practiced. Correct. They were the first. The second one was the one who visualized. So the visualization is better than doing nothing at the end of the day for confidence and skill. So even if you're not doing anything, if you don't have an offer, if you don't have this, if you don't have that, whatever, at least fucking do something, <laughs> visualize, and you'll become more and more confident, you know? So I used to do that before my calls and things like that, just to get myself in a good state of mind, especially if I've got, you know, personal stuff going on, mm -hmm. which we all have. Um, and it just allows you to be a better version of yourself and one with far more confidence and leadership. Everyone listening, y'all better have out a pen and a notebook because um, this is like a little mini masterclass here. Um, you're, you have a way of just dropping gems like casually, like life changing stuff, you know? And um, that's one of the things I think makes you an incredible coach because it just comes so naturally for you. Um, I've, I've also noticed that you're really good at coming up with analogies on the spot. Do you have a framework for that? You know what? I wish I did. Um, if I'm honest, it just kind of comes out. It's, it's like most things that I do because I do, I prepare a lot in terms of, um, in terms of learning skill sets and practicing particular tracks and things like that. Um, that was towards the beginning of my high ticket career, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, I've done it so much now where it comes to a point where it just kind of flows naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I've, I've actually taken the time to sit and look at what I do and break it down individually. Like, okay, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do uh, in terms of analogies or in terms of metaphors or in terms of frames and hooks or whatever. So it just kind of comes out and flows now. Um, mm -hmm. That all being said, when it comes to analogies, I just say stuff that kind of just makes sense in the sense of I'm not going to start talking about fishing and, you know, scuba diving to somebody who's a fucking cowboy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just has to make sense to the person I'm talking to, but also to myself. So if it makes sense to me, the likelihood is it will make sense to them, unless they're a friggin' alien, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or something. So it's just about thinking, okay, well, how does this relate to a situation that um, we can both relate to? And then just start saying stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, I'll go with it and it will come out extremely well sometimes i'll say it and it maybe it's not as good as it could be you know mm -hmm. but ultimately it's just about making sure at least you deliver the point if you deliver the point doesn't matter how you said the words if you bumble a bit a little bit or fuck it up mm -hmm. as long as you have the confidence that you're getting your point across 
And if they come back at you and say, uh, what? <laughs> you just go again, but okay, let's yeah. try another one. Let's say, say this instead. You try again, but now because you've at least done something to figure it out, you have a better, clearer path in your mind, you know? It's like, you know, you go down ski slopes. Mm-hmm. You know, after you go down them a few times, like you just know the route that you're going to take. Mm-hmm. But when you make a new ski slope in the, in, the, um, in the snow, the first time it's weird because it's like you've never ventured that way before. But the more times you go through those, that slope, that, that route, um, it becomes more and more clear in your brain. It becomes easier for you to go down that pathway. And the more yeah. you practice, the better that analogy becomes. Does that make sense? Yes. I think an important thing to note is if you do fumble it the first time, like, don't be afraid to try again. Ask the question again or, you know, re- like reframe the analogy, whatever it is, because if you just go, okay, I messed up, and then you skip past it, then you, would, you wouldn't have had the impact that you wanted and you know, you're not helping the person, you know, by getting in your own way. And that's something that um, I struggled with for a little while. Um, Literally the other day, um, no, this was yesterday, I did an analogy, did not land. I was like, okay, we're going to try this again. Um, I literally was like, okay, take two. I really want to drive this point home. (laughs) I was just, I just called it out and it made it so much more like, I don't know, human instead of like being so in my head. And I really yeah. was able to help the person yesterday and, you know, help her take a step to transform her life. So it's, I think, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that's the key is that we're all fucking human beings. So you make a mistake. It's fine. Just own the mistake. So many people are paranoid and shitting themselves about, oh my God, I didn't say the word track right. That's why I didn't close. And then they're in their own head after they've said something that they effed up. Mm-hmm. And then the whole conversation goes and it blows up. Just because that person said something that they didn't mean to say, and now they're in their own head. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a human being and just own the shit, own the mistakes, own the stuff you say that maybe is wrong. Mm-hmm. Or importantly, just stay present in the moment. Like, yeah. you know, there is no past, there is no future. It's all existing in your head right now in the present. So just stay present yes. rather than, you know, anything else. And if you can do that, you can let go of anything you said that you messed up on. Exactly. And it doesn't bother you. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't impact you. It doesn't impact the person because they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when you own up to it and you're like, okay, well, that one didn't land. And you just like try it again. You're, you're more human. And the person like it, I hate, like, I don't want to ever emphasize like rapport, but it is important. Like the person's like, okay, this person's a human. Like they're not just another person trying to sell me an expensive thing, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, that's the truth because like a lot of people come on calls and they're trying to be somebody they're not and that comes from what we were kind of talking about at the beginning right is the leadership because they're not leaders in their own selves in their own life they have to imitate they have to be a follower and if you're a follower nobody's going to love you or respect you mm-hmm. just the way of the fucking world do you know what i mean people yeah. don't remember who's second and third and fourth in rank mm-hmm. they only remember who's the top dog mm-hmm. and that's the leader Yeah. um, And something else, too, that's really powerful that you taught me that I actually used um, uh, the other day. I literally pulled I I had my notebook in front of me where I take notes and you you taught me a framework for reframing people's mindsets, particularly, you know, for people who 
uh, have really low confidence in themselves and I was on a call with someone like that I literally like took out my notebook and like flipped to the page of those notes to really get the questions right and I had I was like I don't care if she notices <laughs> I, I, I think I pulled it off but I didn't care because I really wanted to help her get out of her way so do you mind sharing that framework for reframing mindsets because this is not a thing that people learn in any like sales training so please that's a good question I can't remember exactly what I told you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, me, let me, you know what? I've got my notebook right here. <laughs> oh, wow. You come in prepared. Um, yeah, like it's so powerful. Like I scribbled it down really quickly and was able to like, you know, help someone with it. So let me, let me grab it. Uh, let's see. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take over the show. Um, okay. so, <laughs> Tell um, me what you get. so if the person says, um, whatever the red flag is that they say, you want to get clarity like what do you mean by that and then asking okay well where does that come from that let's say it's a scarcity mindset where does that come from oh blah 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 well do you think that'll serve you or do you feel like you need to make some small changes so do you think that mindset will serve you or do you feel like you need to make some small changes and then they'll say i need to make some changes and then you know compliment them and then you say um if you look at most successful people do you think they think this way or, and then they'll be like, no, of course not. Um, and then you'll, you'll, you'll insert, or you'll, you'll either ask a question or insert um, the, the qualities that they do have, the successful people. So they're decisive, they're action takers, um, et cetera. If the person doesn't say it, right. Um, are you following? Are you tracking? Cause I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I told you this, so yes. I'm yeah. Fine. Okay, good. I want to make sure like it's clear for the audience as well. Yeah. And then, um, and then ask them the question, like, do you feel you want to be, um, X, Y, Z thing that they like those qualities so that we, so you can achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yes. Okay. And then, um, why not though? Yeah. And then also call them out if like you feel like they're saying it just to like uh, appease you. So like, yeah. are you just saying this to because it's what I want to hear? Or um, and I, I followed that like perfectly <laughs> the way I just said it, and it, it worked like a charm. It is a powerful thing because what you need to do is you always need to keep your eyes open for red flags, and a red flag to us as salespeople is um, anything that they say that is not necessarily congruent with what they are wanting to achieve. Mm -hmm. which ultimately means the sale, right? If, if what you're selling is actually going to help them at the end of the day, mm -hmm. if it's not have some, you know, what's the word professionalism and tell them straight up, it's not going to work for you, mate. This isn't the right thing. But if you challenge the stuff, they say that's a red flag and you can actually reframe a way of looking at things and their perspective, mm -hmm. you will have conversations with people that will go very, very, very deep. Mm -hmm. and when a conversation goes very, very, very deep, you know that person is now emotionally connected to solving their problem. Mm -hmm. Rather than just jumping on a sales call and having a chat with somebody, telling them yeah. what they want to do in the future, and then what if it doesn't work? You need to be able to connect on a deep level with someone. Mm -hmm. And if you can challenge those red flags, firstly, they know they're not going to get away with rubbish with you, which for them, as all individuals, you speak to somebody who challenges you on your bullshit, as long as you're not um, stubborn and have an ego and you don't want to succeed, you will always be open to it as long as they do it right. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody challenges you, you know that there's something that you're not necessarily doing that's gonna help, that will help you to get to where you wanna be quicker. Mm -hmm. So when you can challenge somebody like that on it and then help them to look at it from a different perspective, 
you've literally changed the way that person's thought patterns happen. And if you can do that on a sales call, imagine, they're imagining, what the fuck can this person do with three months of my time, six months of my time, if I invest? Mm -hmm. And that's just for, exactly. so the, the power you have on a sales call is humongous, it's tremendous. So you need to be able to use that to your best ability to really transform a person on the call. It's not about making the sale, it's about making that person have a transformation. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, then the rest of it falls into place. The rest mm -hmm. of it just comes, you yeah. know? And that's why I'm obsessed with sales now. Literally, like when I first started uh, coaching with you in, in the box, I was still thinking about quitting, honestly. I don't think you know this, but like the coaching uh, session that we had, I was like, after this session, if I still don't increase my close rate, if I still struggle with getting out of my way and helping people, then I'm gonna quit mm. because it's not for me. Mm. Um, but you, um, you had a way, oh my God, I'm getting teary. <laughs> um, it was so transformational because the things that you, um, you reframed me on and like, you really gave me the, you gave me the permission to, to, to challenge people and fall on my face. So that way I can grow. Mm. Um, something you said was if you, if you push yourself and see, you can see what's actually possible and then you can keep improving. But if you don't push yourself and you don't try, then you'll just stay where you are. And then you asked me this question. You asked, are you willing to try? And I said, yes. And that was like the biggest yes <laughs> of 2023. Um, because I was really saying yes to like falling on my face and embarrassing myself. And that's when I decided in that moment, I'm going to do like the do or die challenge. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. And that changed everything for you, right? It changed everything. And now on calls, when people are in that, in that exact kind of moment where they're terrified to try, uh, to see what's actually possible, I have so much conviction and I'm able to help them out of their way because I did it first mm -hmm. and I fell on my face and I even get teary when I'm talking to prospects about it, like really putting themselves out there and falling on their face because I really did it. I'm not just regurgitating some some word tracks you know <clears throat> well firstly you know i'm super proud of you you come a long way when we had that one-to-one -one and you actually took it on yourself to become the leader i knew you had in you all, all along you know i didn't just... even know i had that in me nick <laughs> i know i know you didn't but i did you know and i think i think everybody has it in them as well if if they're willing to try that's why i asked you the question you know if you're not willing to try, you're not going to get anything in life. You're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to moan and moan and moan. I know that because I've got people in my old life <coughs> who I had to, you know, distance myself from because they were never willing to try anything ever. And they're still in the same position they're in. Yeah. And they will always be there and they will always be complaining about the world and how it's hard and money's hard to make and this is hard to do and that's hard to do. But the reason it's hard is because they never had the balls to fucking do something about it. Yep. But if you can find the balls like you did to actually get up and say, fuck it, I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to try my very, very, very best. And I'm going to make it happen. You can make it happen. And you are case in point. So is so many other people, right? But we're talking right now. But you are case in point. And you didn't see it in yourself. But as a coach, my job is to fucking see it and get it out of you. And that's what I had to do. And 
I genuinely wanted to help you because I could tell you're a good person and I could tell that it was uncomfortable for you. But on the other side of comfort is growth and growth is where magic happens. It's where life changes. So as coaches and as salespeople, that is our job to do. It is to help somebody to get out of their own fucking way and just start living properly, living the way that they deserve to live rather than the way that they've settled for, you know, really living rather than just existing. Yeah. And you took that on and you pushed and now look at you. Got your own it's, podcast, everything. It's bananas. <laughs> it's bananas. bananas. <laughs> um, yeah. And like to everyone listening, challenge yourself. That's why I'm always challenging people to get uncomfortable. That is the thing. That's the secret sauce. That's the thing, in my opinion, that separates the people who are the top performers in this space and the ones who are just making it by. Like, would you agree? A hundred percent. Because the thing is, is you took from from that conversation we had. Firstly, you allowed yourself to be in a in a situation, in a conversation that was hard for you. And I know it was hard for you because we did a one to one for like four hours and I beat the shit out of you on that golden night. Yeah. yeah, for about four hours and you were crying and all of this stuff. And I was ripping you apart. But from, from a place of care and love, right? But the reason that that has had such a tremendous impact on you is because you went through it yourself. And now you can actually relay that to your prospects. And I think that's the key thing. Like you said before, it's not just regurgitated words. It's a felt lived experience. And lived experience, life experience, is the thing that separates the people who are the very best from the people who are okay or good mm-hmm. or great. Yeah. And if you open your life up to having more of these lived experiences where you fail, where you put your fucking, you put your balls on the table and they get crushed, you know, you walk out of your house, it starts raining. You, you know, you skydive the, the fucking parachute breaks, all this kind of stuff, you know, and I'm not saying literally, but the point I'm trying to make is if you put yourself in those positions where you can fail and it can go wrong, what does that build in you? What does that cultivate inside of you? Resilience, confidence, certainty conviction mm-hmm. pride in yourself and all of that pushes you to do what be better push more have find more of it make more money make more impact like it's just it's just about choosing the life you want it's about choosing do you want average or do you want to be everything you can be yes and i want to add to that what it also gives you is the drive the genuine drive to help other people achieve that too Mm-hmm. that's what fuels me on every single call no matter what if i have even if i have a migraine or i'm had not having the best day it's like as soon as that person appears on zoom i'm like i need to help you achieve this amazing <laughs> transformation because i know how life-changing it is so yeah it's funny it's like it's you know cults yes. <laughs> like sales is like being in a cult at the end of the day because it's like you join the cult of sales and then you learn it and then you get addicted and obsessed with it and growth yeah. and everything else anybody who comes on your call you're like oh my god you've got to try this it's amazing and then they like get them to drink the fucking the juice or whatever yes. it's called that's exactly yeah. how it feels yeah um and speaking of like confidence and conviction and all of that i want to ask you about consulting because y- yeah you like it's at what point do you decide that you're knowledgeable enough about something to start consulting and charging for it sure well i think for me it's it's quite clear because i am one of the head coaches at objection box right mm-hmm. and whenever we coach people their commissions go up three five ten times easily very quickly 
And it's not just because of one of us, it's because of all of us, but I'm a huge part in that, and I know that. So when you have the proof, when the proof is in the pudding, that you can actually do what you say you're doing, and it's not just, hey, I learned it from this guy, so now I'm going to tell it to this guy, which is what I see a lot in the space, and it really pisses me off. Because then you've got recycled words and recycled word tracks and recycled ideas that have come from someone else and someone else's experience just given to someone else, but they're being charged for it and not necessarily getting the real value because down the, down the, um, uh, what's the, like the funnel or the pipe, there is a lot that gets lost in translation, translation, you know, and as a result, some of the real key values and messages and way of thinking and feeling behind it is lost. So as it goes down, it's getting diluted. It's like squash, you know, um, pouring more and more and more water in it until you can barely taste the fucking orange juice in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think as long as you're actually helping people and you're getting people where they need to be, that's when you, you, you know you can actually, you can charge people. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can charge people a lot more than I charge as well, if I'm honest, because it's just, I get people the result. So, um, I think if you can do what you say you do, you have a track record that you can prove, like from you know being top of the leaderboard on every offer and everything else, and you're fucking getting people results and they can people can tangibly see it and their lives are actually changing. Like then you have a right to really go out and and, and make your money from doing this kind of stuff. Okay. Otherwise, it's like I feel like a bit of a you're a bit of a fraud if you're doing it any other time, you know. The longevity is really in those people who have the track record, who can continue doing what they say they can do and getting results. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Okay. I have a question for you as well. Um, because one of the things I really admire about you now in particular is how obsessed you are with sales and all things sales. Like you love talking about it. You love learning it. You put yourself out there. You always you do stuff like this. So I, I respect that tremendously. And I mean, for me personally, that was the thing that got me really good, really quick, was being obsessed with it. Um, I think with most things in life, you can be obsessed with something and then you start to lose interest and you you get shiny object syndrome and you look at other stuff and and everything else. So my question for you is, how would you recommend somebody to, to actually get obsessed again or the first time with something like sales so that they can improve and they can be the best that they can be. What things would you put in place to get somebody obsessed? I would say focus on the personal growth side of it. Don't be obsessed with making money because you're not going to make money. Don't be obsessed with getting the sale. Don't be obsessed with um, getting the word tracks right. I never focused on memorizing word tracks. I, it just came naturally from repetition, doing role plays with other people and listening to training. So I would say focus on the thing, the, the harder thing, which is focus on challenging yourself, whatever it is, if it's sales, if it's a sport, if it's working out, whatever, but the challenge itself, if you focus on that, you see the incremental growth. Every little thing is a huge win. And that's what gives you the drive to keep going and not quit. Mm, that's interesting. That's the key, I think, is like just embedding yourself in it and pushing yourself and and looking at it from not from the money perspective but looking at it from how can i grow and how can other people grow around me yeah for example 
Yeah, when yeah. I say, like, every little thing is a win, what I mean is, like, the first time someone hung out, hung up on me, I was like, that's such a huge win because I finally pushed them hard enough. <laughs> but if I was focused on, if I was obsessed with getting the sale, that would break me because I had a lot of people hang up on me when I started challenging more. And so, like, that was a huge win. Another huge win was um, the first time I successfully reframed to somebody. It was like, I didn't get the sale, but still, like, I reframed. I was so happy. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and then the first time I asked a, a, an action question and it actually landed and the person didn't ask me to rephrase it. I was like, this is a huge win. I was so excited. <laughs> um, so all those little things would excite me so much that I couldn't wait for the next call to get better at the next thing. And that's what makes me obsessed. Yeah. Amazing. I think that's the key, right? It's like, and it's the champion mindset. Ultimately, yeah. you don't, you never lose. You always win or you learn, right? And if you're looking at it from that perspective and you're learning and you're enjoying learning, then you're always going to want to go again and again and again and again. And no matter what troubles, hardship, difficulties, issues you face on sales calls, they don't demotivate you. They motivate you instead. They get better to push further, to try again. So I think that's really key. And I admire that about your personality as well. Mm. I think it's important as to why you've had such a, a large spike in terms of your success over the last six, yeah. seven months or so, you know? Yeah, we've got to love the game because if you don't love it, then it will just be like, you might as well work another job that is sucking your soul. Mm. <sighs> this is so it's much harder than working a regular job. So you might as well love it. It's true. And it is much harder. Like, even though it's easy in the sense of like, if you just look at it, you're sitting on zoom and you're, you're using your word, you're talking to people like all day, every day, but it's hard because it requires a lot of energy mentally, you know, cause there's ups and downs, there's lefts and rights. There's all these fucking stuff that happen. So if you, if you don't have the capacity to enjoy it, then it's just, this game's going to eat you up, you know? So I think if you can cultivate that in, in a way, where it is about the growth and about excitement and enjoying and loving the game, then it's always going to get better and better. And then your commissions are always going to go up and up and the impact you have is going to get larger and larger. So yeah, I think that's a spot on thing. I had to ask you that question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's, let's shift gears and go into uh, the next segment, which is a sales horror story. I'll be talking like, I'm on a sales call and somebody gets murdered in the background or something or what? Um, if that has happened, that that's really dark. No, it hasn't. Um, <laughs> Thank God it hasn't happened. Okay. No. <laughs> um, I don't really think there's, I don't really think I've had any. You've never had a situation just go completely awry or anything crazy that happened on the call. Like for me, I had a call where someone like, it was really long call. She was like hiding from her partner, ended up in the bathroom. She ended up on the <laughs> toilet. It was like a whole thing. She was, she didn't mute or anything. She was like on the toilet while on the call with me. And I was just there like, um, <laughs> okay. Well, I have, I have something like that. I mean, the reason why I don't probably have horror stories like that is because I take, um, a real responsibility on my sales calls to make sure that it goes the way that it should go. Mm -hmm. Like I don't let bullshit happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not saying you do like, to be fair, this was before I like really had a strong leadership yeah. frame. So all like, kinds of crazy things were happening. Yeah. yeah. So for example, um, I had a call when I was selling business coaching to contractors and a guy, so this is a 32 and a half grand offer. And I had booked the call. I had a triage with the guy and then I booked the sales call in and <laughs> we jumped on zoom. This isn't really a horror story. It's just funny. We jumped on zoom and, um, I told him to put his camera on. He put his camera on 
and he's in some fucking restaurant. And I was like, where are you? And he was like, I'm in a pizza, a pizza joint. And I instantly in my head, I was like, well, this is not happening. So I was like, you're in a pizza joint. I was like, so do you take all your businesses from, from pizza joints, like a fucking teenager or what? All your business meetings. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, what? And I was like, is it possible that the fact that you're treating a business meeting to fix your business and get it profitable again, and you're taking it from a, a pizza joint is the exact reason why your business is not profitable because you're not taking it seriously. Is that possible? And he was like, shit. Uh, yeah, maybe. And I was like, wow. so we have two options. We either, you get, get your ass up, you go to your car and we talk about this properly somewhere where you're not going to get distracted or we reschedule or we cancel. That's three options. Cause either way it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't change my life, but you need to start taking this more seriously if you really want to fix your business. And then he got up and he went to his car and then I closed him for the 32 and a half K. Nice. And yep. the reason is because I, I basically told him, what's up? You can't fucking have a business meeting in a pizza joint. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not if it's about fixing your business and the issues in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, horror stories wise, that's, that's like as far as mine go. It's not really a horror mm-hmm. story. No I've been on, I mean, I've done uh, one to many on Zoom. I've had a few horror stories on there, like people leaving their cameras on while they're taking a shit. <laughs> like one guy put his camera on the floor. <laughs> And then uh, the camera was like selfie mode uh-huh. and he just stood up and like all you could see is like his jeans. He undoes his jeans, pulls them down and then squats over the camera. And then literally the girl who was uh, working like with me, she just quickly like stopped his camera just at the last second. But oh I could literally God. see his there. That was butters. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. People in the shower as well, um, like forgetting they've put the camera on. I've seen loads of boobies, loads of oh, boobies. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, been, it's been mad. It's been mad there. Wow. But, so our next segment is the rapid fire question segment. Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions and you've got to respond with the first thing that comes to mind. First question. If you can sell any magical product, what would it be and why? Magical product. Yeah. Magic wand. A magic wand. Wow. Yeah, a magic wand. Because then it would be like there is zero reason or excuse for anybody not actually doing it because the magic wand will take care of everything. I was thinking like a, either a superpower or a time machine. Ooh, a time machine. That would be amazing. Yeah. Cause you could charge high ticket for that too. <laughs> so oh, you could charge like the world for that. You yeah. could literally take over the whole planet with that. Um, okay. Yeah. Of course you, you go could. down the line of like world domination. Like yeah. <laughs> my mind works that way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I'm over here like I want to help people overcome like past traumas and you're like let's dominate the world <laughs> <laughs> different breeds we are different breeds yeah um okay uh next one what's the weirdest what's the weirdest objection you've ever gotten from a prospect weirdest objections um oh shit man you know you ask me these questions and I know that there are things but my brain doesn't remember all that stuff it just remembers the good stuff yeah um the weirdest objection. Am I the only one who gets like weird or used to at least get really weird stuff on my calls? Like before I started training with you guys, like I had the weirdest stuff happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, like what? What was your weirdest one? Um, so I did a full sales call with someone who is incredibly high. Um, but I didn't, I think I had an, I had an inkling, but because yeah. that one was a health offer, I didn't want to inquire about that because I figured it was just health stuff that caused them to yeah. be kind of out of it. But at the end, she was just like, yeah, I'm like totally high. Sorry, I can't really, I don't want to make a decision right now. And I was like, what? To be fair, I've had that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think okay. I mean, it's a weird objection, yeah, but I haven't had it as an objection at the end. I've had it like in the middle because I've asked a deep question. She's like, I'm really high right now. He was like, I'm really high right now, by the way. So, like, uh, I don't know how to answer that. So I'm like, okay, cool, man. If you're high, let's not have this conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I've just had to reschedule it because I don't want to tax somebody who's high. Yeah. Their, their brain's not in the right place. I want them to make the not. decision. Yeah. I think as well, and again, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything, but because I'm quite, um, what's the word? I don't want to say, uh, okay, my presence is quite strong mm. when I'm on calls with people. Yeah. I don't think that, I think they know they can't get away with a bullshit thing like that. Because I would call, I'd call them out if they said something like that was really weird or was just stupid. I'd be like, what are you on about? What on mm. earth are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then they'd be like, uh, 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 and then they'd stumble and bumble. And then I'd come around that and get the real objection out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've never had one that I've been completely, utterly stumped with since I've been doing high ticket sales. But that's, I guess, because I've been, I've been working in the objection box since then, ultimately. Mm -hmm. you know okay. I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So when you have back to back calls, what do you do in between to reset, especially if the last call was a bad one? Um, I, I do this. So I shut my eyes and I take a few deep breaths, like really deep ones. And then I hold my breath. I breathe in really, really deep and then I hold it. And then I take another one in and then again, and I hold it even more. And then I release it. And as I release it, I imagine my body relaxing. And then I visualize the colors of the rainbow from red to violet. And then once I get to violet, I, I make a, um, an anchor, a gesture. So you know, anchors like Pavlov's dogs, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. So this, so whenever I do this, it brings me back into that state of mind. And then I just quickly visualize my next call. I give myself a few commands and then I just get on with it. So it literally takes me like a minute, two minutes or something like that. If I need to do it, if I'm back to back to back to back to back all day, mm -hmm. which I have been quite a few times. <laughs> so sometimes it's just good to get a quick reset in the middle of it, you know? Um, other than that, what I'll do is I'll, I'll jump up and I'll do like 20 burpees and I'll be fucking out of breath and yeah. then I'll be like, okay, I'll sit down and then I'll take a quick minute, <laughs> take a few breaths and then jump on the call just to reset, you know, just to just shock the system, get out of the state of mind that you're in because your, your, your energy levels are, you know, if you can, if you can move, then it changes your energy, it changes your vibration, your frequency, you know, so mm -hmm. I just get up and move quickly and then get back to it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What's your biggest insecurity on sales calls? It's how my background looks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's not bad, but you know, right now like I've got, cause I've just moved into this place. So I've got two command strips here. Can you see them? And there's the clock, my Rolex clock that I want to put up there, but it's not staying and it keeps falling off and nearly breaking that television there. So I've left it down. I need right. some pictures. I need some all this other stuff. I don't know. It's the weirdest insecurity that I That's have. That's in your head. Like no one's, no one's like, is that a Rolex clock on the chair? Like no one sees, <laughs> no one can tell. It just, it looks like it belongs there, you know? I know, but like, you know, in all honesty, all insecurities are in our own heads, you know? So yeah. whatever it is that anybody says they're insecure about, it's just in their head. So yeah, take that. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could have any superpower, which one would it be? Oh, this is a good one. So there's two. Well, there's three actually. I would either fly, go invisible, or be able to time travel. 
Okay, pick one. <laughs> well, if I do time travel, then you're all going to think I want world domination still. So yeah. I can't pick. We already know so you I'm... want that, Nick. Like, that's it. That's... We all know. <laughs> so maybe I'll do flying then. Because flying's cool. <sighs> okay. I, I feel what? like it's like what good you what good is that at least if you could teleport i feel like that's the best kind because, oh shit teleport okay yeah. teleport's better. because flying it's like you still have to commute <laughs> it's just a more fun yeah, but, commute yeah but it's like okay would you would you say that to superman does superman ever commute no he always just ends up in the right place at the right time because he flies so fast because in the movie they cut out the part where he commutes because <laughs> that's not <laughs> exciting to watch How do you, know? you don't know that because when he that. flies from one place to the other place, it's still the daytime. So yeah. you don't know. It could just be that it's just taking him two seconds. No, it's like or a forty-five minute commute <laughs> to get to the bad guy. <laughs> As the guest of honor, can you propose the challenge of the week? Every week, I challenge the listeners to do something, something to move the needle forward to achieving their goals. So, what's the challenge? What have you got? Hmm. Okay. So I would say that the challenge this week is for you to give yourself permission to do something uncomfortable and really be really suck at something new. I would say, I think that's a great, a great challenge because if you give yourself the permission to fail and you do it without beating yourself up about it, it will just build a lot more strength in your character and in who you are and give you a new experience. Because what I see is a lot of people, um, <coughs> I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, um, but they end up being, not being a baby in anything in a long time. Yeah. They focus on something and they focus on it so much that it becomes everything to them, which is fantastic and it's what's necessary to really succeed. But if you're not a baby in anything, then you don't grow. So allow yourself to be a baby in something new. Try something new, do something new that you've never done and just enjoy that. Enjoy that process of, of learning something from scratch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That'd be my challenge. Thank you so much for that. That's a really good challenge. Um, and hey, like with you, like you, the listener, giving yourself permission to fail, but also, I mean, if you don't have the guts to give yourself that permission, Nick just gave you permission, okay? Just like he did for me. That being said, thank you so much, Nick, for being on the show. Um, if you haven't already, guys, like, please rate the episode, whether you liked it or not. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to hold yourself to a higher degree so that way you can be the most effective leader you can be. Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye.